from the vault. High atop the pastoral center of the Diocese of Camden, you're listening to Talking Catholic. Hey guys, this is Pete Sanchez, staff writer, social media coordinator for the Catholic Star Herald newspaper. Thank you so much for tuning in to Talking Catholic. I'm here as always with my trusty co-host, Mike Walsh. Mike, how are you? I'm well, sir, and yourself? Good. We are here at Dunlop's Bar and Grill inside the Hollydale Ice Arena in Sewell, New Jersey. Yeah, this nice, is nice, uh, and uh, we're not alone for once. No, we're not. We have uh, a good friend in uh, John Kalitz, digital media, media manager for the Star for the Diocese of Camden. I was going to say the Star Herald because you're you're kind of part of the Star Herald. You're in. Uh, no, he's not. In, well, he's close quarters to oh, us. Oh, well, you mean physically? He's close to the Star Herald. Yes, yeah. that's true. It's but great it's close to be here. To your heart too. I I am as close as almost <laughs> anybody else to you in the uh, the building on the second floor. We that's are. true. We are. I love it, man. I love yeah. it. Um, thank you so much for joining us today. So for our listeners who are saying, "Boy, well, it sounds kind of strange there." Uh, uh, you might be getting some bleed through because uh, we're obviously out of the vault today. We're actually at Hollydale Ice Arena in Sewell, New Jersey, uh, where we did uh, what you'll be hearing in a few minutes, an interview with Johnny Goudreau of the Calgary Flames and a former graduate, not a former, but a graduate of Gloucester Catholic High School and yeah. Boston University. But um, It was a fantastic interview. We it just- was a good interview. It was really nice. Johnny's, you know, de- definitely a guy who's dedicated to... Uh, you know, his roots and coming back and supporting it, but he's also dedicated, you know, he talked a lot about, you know, sort of what has driven him to be an all-star NHL hockey player. Left winger, right, John? Yes, and uh, the best part of it was the massive amount of Gloucester Catholic at this table. Yes, yes, as noted in the, the, what you'll see, there were four Gloucester Catholic graduates (laughs) and one, no, just kidding, and one person who went to St. Joe's Prep instead. I feel like you can call me the black sheep. You were, in like this case, you were the, the black sheep of this table. I'm surprised. We, just be happy we let you sit with us. We don't usually do I that. Know. I know. Mean, I feel honored to be among right. royalty we're, here, we're, I feel we're, like. we're not, we're against, uh, we're against outsiders. But uh, <laughs> if you haven't, if you haven't chosen uh, your favorite area of Gloucester Catholic to walk around, then you should be at the table. But that, we let you in anyway. So, you know, uh, before we get started with anything else, I want to read our first paid ad copy. It Woo-hoo! only took 130 episodes, but somebody's actually uh, come on board to, to be an advertiser. So pay I would, the bills, Mike. Let's that's pay right. The bills. That's right. So, how far do you have to go to get personalized care that can improve your quality of life, restore your health, and promote your independence? Not very know. far at all. Very far at all. Your local Holy Redeemer Home Care offers a wide range of health care services from short-term recovery to symptom management for an advanced illness. Our team of professionals provides compassionate, high-quality care, all in the comfort of your own home, because we believe that things just feel better at home. Learn more at, Holy Redeem- at holyredeemer.com slash homecare, New Jersey. There you go. So thank you very much for Rede- to Redeemer for Fantastic. coming on board. And uh, that's uh, that's a nice uh, kudos for us finally to have a paid advertiser. Uh, Congratulations thank, on that. Thank you very much. You'll also be seeing this advertiser in the Catholic Star Herald as well. So if uh, my ad read didn't do a good enough job, you can check out the next edition of the Star Herald and find more. Mike, you just you just led us into a new adventure right yeah, there. Right. Well, actually, we have to thank our ad rep, Neil Cullen, yes, from uh, you, Neil. The, the ad director for the, for the Catholic Star Herald. He's the one that set it up, and that's very nice of him. So and thank you for to Redeemer for thank coming you, on Neil. board. So what else do we have coming on the diocese? Well, we got coming up. This is exciting. This Sunday, July 21st, uh, will be the um, Heart to Heart 
the Youth Holy Hour and Social with the uh, Franciscan Sisters of the Renewal, our good friends in Atlantic City. It's going to be a social gathering. Uh, high school youth groups and teenagers are open to go to uh, St. Michael's Church, Atlantic City. For uh, It starts at 4 p.m. in Quarimba Hall. Uh, with pizza and fellowship followed by Eucharistic adoration with music and meditation led by the CFRs, the Franciscan Sisters and then the night finishes with benediction at 5.30pm this is again St. Michael Church part of uh, the parish of St. Monica in Atlantic City this Sunday July 21st starting at 4 Uh, for more information uh, call Sister Ann Cattery 609-343-1545 and also with the sisters this is really cool once again, they're doing the Light the Fire, the evening of Eucharistic Adoration and Evangelization. Again, on Friday, August 2nd, Mass at 6 p.m. There'll be adoration, music, confession uh, from 7 to 9.30 p.m. And also, this is at St. Michael Church. So both of these events, St. Michael Church at 10 North Mississippi Avenue. And as well, this is cool. Uh, after the Mass, there'll be, if you want, you can go out in teams to invite others to come and light a candle in the church and join us for prayer. And uh, night prayer and benediction will cap off the evening. Call Sister Chiara for more info at 609-343-1545. And no RSVP is necessary. Just come on by Friday, August 2nd for Light the Fire. And this Sunday, July 21st for the Heart to Heart Youth Holy Hour and Social. That is for high school youth groups and teenagers at 21st. But August 2nd, it is open to all. So come one, come all. And then... August 11th, Mike, you and I, and John, I don't know if you've had any experience with this in somewhere in the city that takes place uh, in Atlantic City. A lot of times I like to stay behind the scenes, but I but did you, design the logo. You did? Oh, wonderful. Even better, so check that out. You can find that logo on camdendiocese.org and see John's great work. But Summer in the City is a week-long pro- immersion project project for uh, youth to come on out. It's a summer service project. Basically, you work the gospel of service and social justice, and it helps, uh, it helps. it's a week long, Sunday, August 11th, through Saturday, August 17th. Basically, uh, gives young people the chance to use their talents and abilities, help their neighbor, and increase their awareness and understanding of what's going on with, um, you know, of uh, the dignity of the human person right now. And in past years, agencies, youth have helped out at daycare centers, housing rehab sites, soup kitchens, community gardening programs, and senior care centers. So this should be really neat. Uh, Participation is open to any student who is in high school this year. And all of those experience are welcome. Um, If you're a veteran to service, if you haven't done any service before, come on down. Call 609-583-2908 for more information to spend a week and... uh, next to Holy Spirit High School uh, at the Kairos Retreat Center Sunday, August 11th to Saturday, August 17th. And then, of course, the Summer in the City is going to be at the... Uh, well, there's a bunch of... Not the Summer in the City, the Wedding of the Sea. I'm sorry, that's taking place at two different... A bunch of different events on, on or around the Feast of the Assumption. August 15th, Bishop Sullivan will celebrate Mass at St. Anne Church in Wildwood on August 14th, the vigil, and he'll perform the Blessing of the Sea starting at 4.30 p.m. with Mass at St. Anne Church in Wildwood and then procession to the ocean. And then the next day will be the big uh, Wedding of the Sea 
festival at the parish of St. Monica, starting 12 noon with uh, Mass at Boardwalk Hall, and then a procession. Mike, you took some fantastic shots last year of the uh, the bishop, you know, when he goes out into oh, the yeah, boat. Oh, yeah, when he goes out into the boat. Yeah, that's always a treat. And John's gotten some drone footage of uh, him out there. So, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, John. I don't know if I'll be there this time because it's uh, my anniversary is, the, is, oh, the, right. is on the uh, vigil. So I don't know what me and the missus have planned. Hopefully we'll, I'll be there. <coughs> it's uh, my wife. It's actually one of the heavy weeks of for my wife at work. So uh, we very rarely get to actually enjoy our uh, wedding uh, anniversary together. But this is our 20th anniversary. So who knows? We might uh, actually attempt to be in each other's presence on it. We'll see. So what? So if if one were to see you at wedding of the sea and wanted to say gift you something for your anniversary what could somebody get you like if if our listeners here for instance oh yeah that's real to get you something that's easy it's the same thing i want all the time don't hassle me you, you don't, don't need ha- to come don't <laughs> hassle me. we don't need to interact it's fine it's cool a, a wave that's that's that'll oh, be no. fine a, a tip of the hat uh, maybe a some six guns there you go that's all <laughs> that's all you need i was what about you john what what would you get Mike for an anniversary? I would give him exactly what he wants and I wouldn't hassle him. <laughs> there you go. Okay. <laughs> That's the nature of our relationship, me and John. John and I get to work. John is a valued member of the communications department. We'll see how valued he is after this podcast goes out. But, uh, you know, it's, that's one of the great things about him is uh, he doesn't make my life difficult. And I try not to make his life difficult until we have to. But, well, you know. I will not say a word to you if I see you at wedding of the sea. Thank just, you. That's very well, kind of you. I'll give you the silent treatment. So not going to be in Atlantic City this year. So you win an award for taking that incredible photo. And all of a sudden, you're done working uh, out there? I don't need to be there anymore. I got my award. I'm walking away. <laughs> that's right. What are the chances? Yeah. Hey, listen, this will be the year that, you know, Bishop goes. So if anyone hasn't seen the wedding of the sea. Uh, Bishop and usually the mayor of Atlantic City, but sometimes a local official of some time, they go out in a lifeguard boat and they uh, they go over the breakers and he gets out into the ocean and he throws a, a ring of flowers to, to bless the ocean. Um, however, when you, it's the getting past the breakers that's always the difficult part. And every year I wanted, so last year I almost got the shot I wanted, which is him getting flipped out of the boat. Last year, that boat went up so high, his back was practically in the water. Uh, the, the mayor of Atlantic City was holding on to him for dear life. Um, the, I don't know why. The best part about that photo is I was actually standing next to you. That's right. And the boat normally bounces up and down, but this time it looked like it went almost straight in the air. I looked at you and said, did you get that shot? <laughs> and then much like the Grinch who stole Christmas, you pulled the camera down and your smile, your grin went ear to ear <laughs> to say, yes, I got the shot. I got that shot. That made me very happy. Yeah. Some, most of the time, you know, as a, John's a photographer too, so most of the time you're, you're taking pictures and it's like, yeah, particularly if you're doing news photos, you're like, eh, I hope I got it. That was one of the rare occasions where you were like, yeah, I got it. <laughs> that is, that's awesome. Like, yeah, you knew nice. it. You I was very excited about that. Yeah, that, that was a nice picture. No, that was a fantastic shot. Well, um, yeah. I, I don't know. I feel bad. We're, we're talking about the bishop like this. And we, we've mentioned that shot and that predicament for him. I'm sure in the moment it was not fun for him. So I'm sorry, Bishop Sullivan, that you... Uh, <laughs> your predicament led to Mike's award. But he, I don't know. Yeah. I think Bishop actually enjoyed that because most of the times when he comes oh, good. back okay. in, okay. Good. he's soaking wet. But when he came back, he had a big smile on his face. I think he secretly enjoyed it. 
like a rush for him. I, I think he does. I, I think he gets a kick out of it too. But because he doesn't, one thing I think he gets the benefit of, he doesn't have to do any of the hard work. The lifeguards are the one that actually putting that boat out there. That is a struggle getting past those breakers. So it's kind of a nice ride. Most of the time he's done it, it's been a fairly smooth time over the breakers. That happened to be one of the rare occasions when that wave just hit it at just the right time, hit the back of the boat, kicked him up in the air. But, uh, but it's, it's always a treat. And people love it. People come out in droves to it. I mean, it really is a fun event. It's oh, yeah. People come down the procession after the mass, right on the boardwalk. And I think they're going to do a Eucharistic adoration near the boardwalk, I think. The pastor of St. Monica. So, and uh, then coming up, we got, this is cool, the um, Resorts Hotel in Atlantic City will hold the, uh, the annual Justice for All dinner. Cardinal Luis Antonio Tagle will be the speaker. He's the Archbishop of Manila and the president of Caritas Internationalis. Of course, uh, all proceeds benefit uh, the work of Catholic Charities, which benefits the most vulnerable, which helps the most vulnerable populations in southern New Jersey. So come on out to this wonderful event again, the Justice for All Dinner. Uh, Cardinal Tagle will be there October 3rd, 2019, also in Atlantic City uh, at Resorts Hotel starting at 5.30 p.m., and the local Disciples of Mercy will be honored as well. If you, uh, John, do you know a Disciple of Mercy? I work with many Disciples of Mercy. <laughs> well, worthy Disciples of Mercy, I guess, yeah. yes. No, no, it's for anybody. I mean, anybody who knows somebody in your community that's really doing great work for the for the Catholic Church or for their community and in the spirit of Catholic charities and, and ideally for uh, social justice, by all means, uh, recommend them for to be considered for a Disciples of Mercy Award. We really want to do our best to highlight all the great work that's going, going on around the diocese. Uh, you know, most people do this work without wanting any praise, and I think that's very, very notable. But I think it's a good thing for the for the Catholic people to to hear about and see who these people are. They're doing such great work, and more than who they are, what they're doing. So I, these are opportunities, I think, to, to shine a light on uh, good work being done in our community. So this isn't vanity. This is this is really about highlighting what we as Catholics are when it comes to doing good works. You know, we always we always make sure we focus on the good word, but it's also important that we focus on good works as well and this is an idea to, to highlight it yeah yeah, well so anyway. said, like, yeah that is again October 3rd at 5.30pm Resorts Hotel in Atlantic City for more info go to www.catholiccharitiescamden.org slash JFA 2019 and Mike, I think uh, we're gonna let yeah. Johnny Goudreau speak now. Yeah. I think, so, uh, uh, so yeah, you're gonna you're gonna we're gonna transition into the, that recording, and you'll hear a little break in it. But uh, but that's what it was, and it was a great time, and I hope uh, hope people enjoy the interview. He was he's a wonderful guy, really good good sort, and uh, we were happy to have him down here for a couple days in Gloucester Catholic for two of us. It's a wonderful alma mater that we're always happy to support in any way that we can. So we were happy to have him on the. Uh, on the podcast today, right, John? Best school that's, ever. That's right. Well, that's, I just have to give. Two right, we don't want to hear about any of these Paul the Six stuff. Yeah, Gloucester Catholic is the way to go. Well, I, I want to give two shout outs. First to John, Kalitz, thank you so much, John. As our hockey expert today, uh, you were amazing. You're always welcome. Hopefully, um, you can talk about anything. I mean, hopefully, hockey's not the only thing you come on to talk about. 
Nah, probably is the only thing he wants to come on. We talk. We can talk about pro wrestling too. I have to say, I was very happy to get in that pro wrestling reference today. No, and to hear the hey, man, that, man, spoilers, man. They haven't listened to the interview yet. I'm sorry. No, yeah, we'll just that. I don't know. Maybe oh, you're, pro you're giving, wrestling. You're giving a taste. Yeah. That's what it is. All right. So, and also, just one more thank you to Gus Ostrom at Closer Catholic. Uh, really helped put this together. Uh, to make sure we were all in the same room. So Gus, a uh, friend of the show, um, worked with him for many years, and he's just great. Gus, thank you so much. And right. Kara Buckland, thank you as well for coming yeah, Cara, on. Yeah, Kara's a, a sweetheart. She, uh, she, she, I was hoping actually it asked her a few more questions. Uh, she was sort of a last-minute addition because I really wanted to have somebody from the school on in addition to Johnny. And uh, so she, I think she literally had about five minutes' notice before she came on the podcast. But she was wonderful, and she's such a sweetheart. And uh, she, uh, my mom is a huge fan of hers. I'm a huge fan of her, so it's a, it's always a great to have her around as well. She's she's a wonderful sort. Uh, so anyway, I hope uh, you guys enjoy the interview, and here we go. Hey, guys, this is Pete Sanchez. I'm with Mike Walsh and John Kalitz here at the Hollydale Ice Arena in Washington Township. How are you gentlemen doing? We're doing good. This is a, uh, a great day for us. We don't get to make it out of the vault very often, but more importantly, uh, we got great people to talk to. Uh, and we get to talk hockey, which I don't think we've ever talked on the podcast before, right? No, and John Kalitz, our digital media manager, is our in-house, one of our in-house hockey experts. So this is an exciting day for you, John. Yes, it is. This is a little different. I'm normally a behind-the-scene guy, but once you come to the rink where uh, I enjoy playing and you put a hockey guy on, I'm here all day long. <laughs> I did not need to twist his arm to, to come onto the podcast. <laughs> no. Usually he wants no desire to do this. He just gives me cr- uh, uh, critiques for all the things we do wrong on the podcast. This time uh, he gets to share the blame for whatever we screw up. I'm very much excited. So who do we have with us today, Pete? Well, we have Johnny Goudreau, uh, who plays for the Calgary Flames, and... Uh, here, Gloucester Catholic student, and, and we have Kara Buckland here. Uh, she's a marketing guidance at Gloucester Catholic High School. How are you two? Doing well, thanks. Yeah, good. doing very good. Happy to be here. Good. And Johnny, so you're, uh, how long, you, you mentioned you've been home for a bit. Your season ended how long ago with the Flames? Yeah, it ended uh, middle of April, obviously a little, uh, came to an end a lot quicker than we, we would have hoped. Yeah, but, sorry to uh, hear that. But, you know, it uh, gives me time to get back to see, you know, family, friends, uh, you know, living in Calgary. You uh, you don't get to see much of them throughout the season because, uh, you know, you live so far away from them. So it's, uh, it was it was good to be back home for a little bit. This is, yeah, it's kind of, uh, it's a good homecoming. And when, when uh, what's, uh, what, what, what's going on? You're, there's a... Uh, a scholarship golf tournament you're doing right you're you're helping to organize yeah um i think it's uh yeah july 26 but i think it's our fourth or third or fourth year fourth year doing it um it's very exciting uh in the middle of the summer we uh have a little golf outing and uh you know uh try to help Gloucester catholic out as much as possible uh when i was there it was a it was a special place to me and Made a lot of friends and uh, had my dad there coaching me. My brother was there. My dad coached him. Uh, a lot of friends there. My dad coached. So it just uh, it means a lot to me. And, uh, you know, I like helping out. That's, and your father, speak of Key, I'm pronouncing his name right. Yeah, Gee? yeah, yeah. And so he, he was your coach at Gloucester Catholic and also with Holly Dalleiser. And he does a lot here, too. Yeah, uh, I mean, he, he's, he does a lot. Uh, he's always running around, uh, you know, the rink here, helping out kids. Uh, 
um, try to learn how to play hockey. So, uh, you know, a lot of people are, you know, thankful for, you know, him running around. And uh, he loves this tournament, too. He loves uh, he loves organizing it and uh, putting it together and, you know, asking a lot of people to, to give us a lot of money to help 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 the school out. So it's uh, it's yes, great. Yes, he lot does. Of, yeah, a lot of people uh, a lot of people help out, and it's uh, it's great. Now it's it's also nice. This is also the most Gloucester Catholic graduates we've ever had on the podcast. Myself mm. is uh, 1990. You're uh, John 2001, right? Yeah, Johnny, you graduated. What year from Gloucester Catholic? Um, 2010. Two, okay. 11. I'm and I was uh, 87. 87. So Gary was just a little bit. I was ho- really hoping I was the oldest one, but. I wish you were too. <laughs> and of course, my mother, uh, uh, good friends with Kara, and of course, my mother, uh, she remembers you as well, Johnny. She was the director of guidance at uh, Gloucester Catholic right towards the end of your of your time there, Joanne Walsh. Like I was calling, I called her up when I was on the way over. She's like, "You got any funny stories about Johnny I can bring up on the podcast?" She goes, "Oh, he's such a lovely boy. He's so nice. I, I he's always just so sweet. And his dad was so sweet when he was there too." I was like, "Oh, well, that helps a lot, Mom." Yeah, yeah. But um. But John and I were actually talking about something earlier today, and it was sort of like, what's it like to be coached by your father? Now, your father's been an integral part of your hockey background since you were a kid. So, you know, I have an 11-year-old now, and he's got he's showing signs of being a very good baseball player, far better than I will ever be, uh, or ever, I ever was, rather. However, um, I've never wanted to coach him because I, I didn't want to. I always was worried that I might somehow make life difficult for him by being his coach. I'm curious, what was it like to have your dad as your coach and being integral in your hockey development? Yeah, it was awesome. Um, I think the biggest thing for me was uh, he did such a good job of, you know, once the game and hockey and all that was over, he was uh, he was a great part. He was great. Did did a great job of just being a dad. You know, not bringing hockey home and. Um, if I had a bad game, you know, he let me know around the rink, around the locker room and stuff. But, you know, when we got home, we just did, you know, f- you know father-son things with our family. And um, I think that's where a lot of coaches and, and son coaches relationships kind of go wrong sometimes is, you know, bringing that kind of stuff back to the household. And, uh, you know, he did a great job coaching me on the ice. And, uh, you, know, I, you know, he did a great job raising me. And, uh so uh, I was very fortunate he did a great job at, you know, separating those two because it, it does get difficult sometimes and the kid plays well or your kid doesn't play well and, you know, you want to give him a hard time when he gets home and uh, so he did a great job that way. You know, speaking of the, the area and stuff like that and, you, and your father being your coach down here, I'm also kind of curious, you know, was the Philadelphia area a good area to be a, a hockey player in? You know, I always think of it as, as football first, baseball second but actually hockey flyers hockey is right underneath phillies baseball i've always found you you go anywhere you know once it turns cold outside you see black and orange all over the place for you growing up did was this a good spot do you think to to be a burgeoning nhl player yeah i i think so i mean uh you know i think there's a lot of passionate flyers fans around the south jersey area philly area and uh you know obviously those three other major sports are, are pretty big in, in Philadelphia as well but um, you know when I was growing up I always had flyers t-shirts on flyer sweatshirts on hats on and uh, you still see it running around the rink today so um, and my dad ran a rink down here too so I had the ice whenever I wanted so that was great as well and now I was there about five and a half years ago when you won the Hobie Baker award and that was like a whirlwind for you won it as the best uh, college player with Boston College and that night you got on a plane and uh, you played first game well the last game of the season for the Flames but you scored your first goal how was that experience 
Yeah, it's very cool. Um, I always like telling the story. It was pretty, pretty emotional weekend. Uh, my team got knocked out of the Frozen Four, which you know kind of brought me down a little bit. And then the following day, I won the Hobie Baker, which was really exciting. I had my whole team there, family, friends, won it here in Philadelphia. Brought my you know uh, you know have excitement up a little bit, even though I was pretty bummed that we lost. And then I signed with the Flames and. Uh, and I was even more excited and got to play my first NHL game. And the Flames flew me and my family on a private jet all the way from Philadelphia to Calgary and uh, uh, played my first game, got to score my first goal. And uh, just a, a crazy uh, weekend of emotions there. Just uh, hard to explain, but um, I remember it was, you know, a lot of highs, a lot of lows. But uh, towards the end of the weekend, it was a lot of excitement. Correct me if I'm wrong, but that first game you played against uh, the Canucks, that goal you scored, that was your first NHL shot ever, correct? Yeah, uh, first, uh, I think it was my only shot in the game, so uh, they uh, gave me credit for that and uh, happened to just sneak one in, uh, sneak one in past the goalie there and in the end of the second period, so uh, it was an exciting time. About in a thousand there. Yeah. Well, that's a baseball reference. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I understood. I, <laughs> I ended that percentage real quick after my next season, uh, so. And is it but uh, continuing that with that goal thing, uh, picking it up, uh, when the next season did start, it took you less than half the season to uh, get your first NHL hat trick. Uh, how did that feel? Because that first goal and that first shot is great, but to do it in half the amount of time it took you at Boston College, that must have been a great feeling. Yeah, it was, uh, I think I only had one hat trick at Boston College. It was like one of my last last games. It took me three, three and a half years, I think, to, to get that done. And, uh, I was fortunate enough to do it in my first season there in Calgary. Um, the third one was an empty netter, so I kind of don't like to take too much credit for that. But I was playing with a lot of good players. Uh, I was playing with a guy named Yuri Hudler, who was a guy from Czech Republic, who was just one of the most skilled players I've ever got to play with. And he probably set me up for a couple empty net tap-ins throughout that game as well. So uh, I was very fortunate I got to play with him and, and a couple other really good players that year. Going back to a question Mike previously asked about your, your father coaching you and uh, Mike not coaching his son, I do coach my son and uh, I love it. I love the game so much. Uh, the thing he loves most about watching you is during the skills competition, the puck relay. You have one of the greatest hands in the game and is that something you practice or do you practice on other aspects of the game instead of stick handling because kids today it's all stick handling yeah. but should they be focusing on other things yeah um i think that's one area my dad made me practice non-stop when i was on the ice with him uh stick handling drills a lot of stick handling drills every summer he had power skating classes stick handling classes and uh worked on both of them all the time and uh Obviously, your hands are very important, but, um, you know, power skating and, you know, keeping your speed up and tight turns and stuff like that is something really important as well. And uh, it's two things my dad always, uh, you know, taught me growing up and was he let me know they were really important if you want to keep making the jump to the next level and the next level and the next level. So, you know, bringing this back to Gloucester Catholic a little bit, I was kind of curious, you know, you're in Calgary now. It's a... Can you describe Calgary for people from Jersey who have no idea what to expect, what the city of Calgary looks like? Yeah, a lot different. Um, at home here in Jersey, I look out my back backyard, back window, and I see woods and, and trees. And then I look outside my window in Calgary, I see mountains and mountains uh, 
from my from my condo in the middle of downtown Calgary and uh, a lot more snow a lot colder um, but uh, it's, it's a lot different it was something I had to get adjusted to but um, you know it was uh, it was a really cool you know kind of experience I've had there my first year and I kind of uh, loved it there ever since. So I'm also going to say that that's also not a huge, it's kind of a leap from what it was like being in Gloucester City as well, and, and what it was like to be a, a Gloucester Catholic student, where, you know, it's that's a rather urban area in, uh, in Gloucester Catholic. I mean, Kara, you, you and I go way back with, with Gloucester Catholic. Um, is it nice to see someone sort of go on and doing, you know, even more today as a Gloucester Catholic graduate like Johnny is, but also coming back and... And, you know, is this something we see uncommon of the Gloucester Catholic people? Uh, I don't think so. We have a huge alumni base, and people love to give back to Gloucester Catholic. And a couple years ago, when Guy came up and asked us if he would help organize the event, we were more than happy to, and everything goes to the kids. So that's, that's the big draw for us, is that, you know, John is kind enough to use his successes uh, to give back to our community and I think that epitomizes everything that's great about Gloucester Catholic the family atmosphere and the willingness to just give back for all the good things that people have gained from the school and oh, yeah. the community listen you know my mom's been retired now for seven years and it's still her first love uh, probably <laughs> above me and my sister some days the um, but it's it's true you know there's something special about Gloucester Catholic and I mean John knows it as well it's a it's one of the most unique places I've ever been to in my role in the diocese now I get to see all the different high schools and I, what I've learned is that Gloucester Catholic is like is like no wonder not, is like no other and I think for all the best reasons um, it got me to, to wondering, though, you know, you you still see, I was checking out your social media, Johnny, and you still seem to have a very Philly appreciation. I saw everything you were putting up when uh, they were looking to get Bryce onto the Phillies, and then when Bryce got here, there was some talk about some way of getting Mike Trout back to the, to the Phillies or back into Philadelphia. I saw those uh, tweets coming across your uh, your Twitter. Is that, are you still very, you know, even though you're away now, you still have that, that Philly feel to you? Yeah, for sure, obviously. Uh Growing up here, I was a big, just a big sports fan. You know, all the major sports, I was always a big fan of. Even uh, when Philadelphia, the Union got soccer team, me and my brother-in-law and my brother would go down there and, and watch those games, and uh, just a lot of fun. And um, actually, funny story, my my one of my best friends, Kevin Hayes, just signed in, in Philly too. So I uh, was really happy for him, and uh, he was actually. Got to meet Bryce Harper yesterday, so uh, he was, uh, you know, he's, he's enjoying it right now, and he's very excited to come to Philly, and uh, it's just cool to see, you know, a good friend get to play somewhere uh, that, uh, a team that you grew up watching your entire life. Now, when you come back to Philly, are the fans hospitable to you? No. Um, good, because I booed you lustily, because I was at the game you we were at. We were yeah. right behind the goal, and uh, you scored, and it was the first time my son had ever been to a to the lower bowl to watch a, a Flyers game, and we were all excited about it, and you guys ended up winning in overtime, and I booed so lustily. <laughs> but it was also very nice to see a good Gloucester Catholic yeah. grad do well. So after the game, I was very excited for you, but during the game, I hated you immensely. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm sure. I mean, obviously, I mean, I was a huge Flyers fan when I was growing up, so... I can see uh, how, how people are so passionate about, about the, their team. And I see in Calgary every day. I mean, uh, you know, you go, I go out in my condo, go to Starbucks, and I take two, three pictures in Starbucks and get in my car, and people notice me in my car and stuff. And just, uh, you know, it's, it's just awesome to see people, you know, so excited about hockey. And, yeah. um, you know, it's, uh, it's a great sport. 
How did you um, feel about... Oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I'm not really embarrassed to admit this, but my first exposure to Calgary, I don't know if it's still popular over there, was pro wrestling. A lot of pro wrestlers are from... I don't know, are you... Yeah, no, I got to... <laughs> I got to Riding the stampede with Brett the Hitman Hart one year and uh, my favorite wrestler ever. Yeah, That's what I mean. Oh it was my gosh! Great meeting him and uh, just really great guy and it was uh, it was fun picking his brain and talking to him about wrestling a little bit. But uh, growing up, I I didn't watch it too too much. So um, you know it was cool to meet him and. Uh, you know, I, I'm not sure about anyone else. That's probably the only real big guy I know. <laughs> well, I just wanted, and then I'm glad you give me another reason to really love Calgary now. Yeah, so. it's, a, it's, a, it's a good city. It's, uh, you know, I really enjoy it there. <laughs> you know, Kara, uh, uh, just going back, the um, so tonight is uh, sort of a, a dinner and, and meet and great white. And then there's also a golf tournament as well, right? Correct. And do you remember what the details are for that? Sure. The golf tournament will take place next Friday. It is our fourth annual uh, tournament, and we're happy to say that each year we've raised additional monies uh, on top of what we had earned in the previous year. So we're hoping to get up to that 75000 mark this year. Uh, we look forward to inviting more people to donate their time or uh, their gifts of, you know, volunteering, uh, sponsorship, and uh, we're going to have more golfers this year than last year, so we're pretty excited. That's awesome. Yeah. That's great. The, um, you know, just one other thing that, uh, you know, we have to let you go soon, Johnny. Uh, one of the things that, you know, Gloucester Catholic has always been known for is its athletics, right? It's, uh, I mean, as far back as I go back, back into the 60s, regardless of what it was, uh, like I, I was actually just walking through the halls of Gloucester Catholic recently, and as I'm walking down the, the back hallway, um, I see, you know, they have all the trophies out and pictures of stuff, and I realize that the girls' teams in my classes were phenomenal because the soccer team and the softball team both won championships in 1990. And I was like, hey, wait, that's the year I graduated. Those are all mine. Those are all people I... So, and it's just, it's just kind of a great thing. And, and, you know, from... Do you think having that sort of strong athletic um, history at a high school was something that was able to help you also sort of prepare and, and sort of be focused on not just your education and your Catholicism and things like that as you would expect at a Catholic high school, but, you know, really help as a supporting you as a driving force as you as you became a yeah. athlete, professional athlete. Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, growing up, I didn't know too, too much about Gloucester Catholic, but, uh, you know, I always knew they had a good baseball team. And that's one thing I really wish I would would have did a little more of is, oh, yeah. is play baseball because I feel like they win it every year every time I see something on Twitter <laughs> so it's great to see that um, our hockey team was close one year and uh, you know I give my dad a hard time and start uh, better win one of those soon um, and then I played soccer too there too it was, it was awesome um, but uh, yeah just uh, you know watching back at the past and, and seeing you know teams being so successful it's uh it's great. It's uh, one of the reasons why I went to the school, and uh, you know, they, their hockey team was a year or two years old, and uh, I was very fortunate. The hockey went there, and I got to go and be a part of that school. Who, you know, we're gonna just like two or three more questions. Um, who was your, you know, as you were growing up as a young hockey player, who was your like professional hero back in the yeah, day? Yeah, I like Danny Briere. I knew um, it. I was yeah. talking to say that to John. Yeah, he's a, a big. Uh, Hi, he's uh, he's one of the better players on the Flyers, and uh, you know he was a smaller guy, a guy I looked up to, and uh, um, I had John Leclaire. Obviously, yeah. I was a little bit more younger for that, but um, he actually is part of my agency in oh, really? North Jersey, so it was uh, 
one of the reasons why I got to sign with those guys too because I was a big fan with him and uh, that was my favorite hockey but player but yeah and then I like St. Louis as well there's just a lot of small guys I was big fans of and uh, I was very fortunate to kind of watch them play hockey and kind of you know, watch what they did on the ice and uh, kind of helped me today that's excellent with uh, unfortunately, you know, there's a tough exit uh, with your team losing uh, in the playoffs. What is kind of your motivation now going into the new season? Um, well, obviously, to go a little further than we did last year. I mean, uh, uh, the end goal is obviously win the Stanley Cup, but uh, you know, we had a really good year in the regular season. We were first in the Western Conference, and um, you know, I don't think we were playing our best hockey towards the end of the season, and it kind of hurt us there in playoffs. So, um, you know, just for next year, you know, make sure we're you know we're playing our best hockey towards the end of the season, make the playoffs, and then try to make a push for that. Uh, I'm going to ask another one as the coach in me. Uh, we recently, uh, a couple months ago, just finished up tryouts for the different levels. Uh, I'm very familiar with uh, part of your career getting cut twice from the U15, U16, and then making the U17. We actually see your banner still hanging up in Pensalkin. What advice would you give to a, a young child, a youth, who, um, who was recently just cut for a team or didn't make the team they want? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's obviously... It's tough on kids, you know, when you get cut from a team. Um, I've been there. I'm sure most players have been there. Um, you know, you got to try to put it behind you and keep pushing and keep working and try to get some feedback from the people who did cut you and uh, see what you need to work on. And um, I think, uh, you know, that resiliency, just keep going back, keep fighting, keep trying to make that, that same team. And I was fortunate enough to, you know, I got cut two years in a row, but that last year I made it and it kind of just – spring loaded me into the player where I'm at today so um, you know definitely you know I didn't feel good getting cut but uh, you know I was uh, very fortunate to you know it made me you know stronger better hockey player and it, it helped me in the long run yeah well if anything you're what five year all-star now four or five years five consecutive five, years yeah. so uh, yeah. I think uh, I think you've uh, turned the corner on that one <laughs> getting cut I think that's a good sign yeah. well Johnny thank you very much for sitting yeah. down on this Kyra thank you very much yeah. for joining us we really appreciate it have a great time tonight hope the golf tournament next week is successful Thanks. and you're welcome back on the podcast both of you anytime you want Kyra anytime you want to do a little, little extra for something else related to Gloucester <laughs> Catholic just give us a heads up right. and we'll do that too thank you thank you very much and thanks for yeah. listening everybody